Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. A continuación, Voces en Acción, el programa comunitario que informa a la comunidad latina. Voces en Acción, la verdad en acción. Voices in Action, the truth in action. Now, con ustedes, Jenny Ibarra. Gracias por estar con nosotros nuevamente. Thank you for being with us again. Jenny Rosales with Voces en Acción. I am having my next guest. is going to be the chairman of the uh, of the Republican Party in Montgomery County. His name is Brian Christ, and he's coming to give us a little bit of the feedback of things that are going on with the uh, Republican Party uh, that is in Conroe. Hemos, hoy tenemos la oportunidad de eh, hablar y platicar eh, nuevamente con muchas personas al respecto de todo, gracias por venir y por estar con este Voces en Acción, que está aquí para darle a ustedes la información correcta. Este, hoy tendremos al señor Brian Chris, que es el, el chair o el, el presidente de la Cámara de Republicanos aquí en Montgomery County y va a hablar sobre las cosas que están pasando con este, el lado político. Como les dije, este año es un, lado, un año político. Hay elecciones por todos lados que van a venir y eh, todos mis shows, la mayoría de shows, aunque no lo crean, es parte educativo. Tenemos que hablar sobre política. Tenemos que darles a ustedes a conocer las plataformas de los, las personas que van a estar eh, sentándose que, como prospectos candidatos para cualquier tipo de posición, tanto como de gobernatura como eh, legisladores eh, y senadores que van a representarnos ante el Congreso. Este... Muchísimas gracias por escucharnos. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit before uh, I talk to uh, Mr. Uh, Chris. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know that the 11th is the last day for you guys to register as a as a voters if you want to go ahead and proceed and vote, uh, that which is your duty and your right to do at the same time. Uh, please go go to your precincts, go to your um, uh, the voter registration line uh, and in the Montgomery, in Montgomery area it's going to be uh, with Miss uh, Susie Harvey. Uh, she's the head of the Montgomery County Voters Registration and she's the, the person in charge. You go into the website and you're able to go ahead and register. You have until the 11th of October and then after that you will not be able to vote until probably in you're able to register for next elections on 2024. Um, quiero repetirles, eh, la persona encargada en el área de Montgomery, la señora Susan Harvey, Susie Harvey, ella está en el Montgomery County eh, website, pueden buscar de votadores, para votantes, perdón, para votantes, y allí puede registrarse si no lo ha hecho, para que pueda tomar su derecho a votar o su privilegio a votar y que sepa que puede hacerlo antes del 11 de octubre. A raíz del 11 de octubre ya no lo puede hacer más. Las votaciones comienzan el 8, el 24 de octubre comienzan eh, las early votes o los, 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 eh, los tiempos tempranos para votar, que puede votar en cualquier precinto de su área. Y 
el 8 de noviembre, es el día de las elecciones, ese día en su precinto solamente, repito, en su precinto puede averiguar esto nuevamente en la, en la sección de Voters de Montgomery County, lo puede poner mctx.org backslash voting, automáticamente le va a salir la página y ahí va a poder ver cómo le toca votar, a dónde le toca votar. Again, repeating, you guys are able to register on the website of Montgomery County for voting and look for it. If you have any questions, you can even contact us, 832-732-4744. That's my number. Uh, I will be more than glad to guide you through the whole process you know, or give you to the person that is able to do it at the same time. Y si necesitan cualquier pregunta, 832-4744. Nos las dejamos con el señor Brian Chris, que va a estar hablando con nosotros. Our next guest, please stay tuned, Mr. Brian Chris, with the, Montgomery, with the Republican Party of Montgomery. Thank you. Voces en Acción, el programa comunitario que informa a nuestra comunidad latina. Usted puede apoyarnos con su patrocinio, informando, promoviendo y ayudando a nuestra comunidad. ¿Tiene algún comentario? ¿Quiere hablar con nosotros? Podemos escucharle y ayudarle. Llámenos ahora al 832-732-4744. 832-732-4744. Voces en Acción, la verdad en acción. 832-732-4744. 37.44 Buenas tardes, buenos días, buenas noches, donde quiera que usted esté. Jenny Rosales nuevamente con Voces en Acción, trayéndole la información necesaria para que usted esté al día y al tanto de todo lo que está pasando en Conroe, en Montgomery, en Texas y en todo el mundo. Eh, ¿Qué les puedo decir? Hoy estoy bendecida porque tengo una persona que ha venido, tomado su tiempo para estar con nosotros y educarnos un poco acerca de eh, lo que es la plataforma republicana. Um, good day, good afternoon, whatever you are in the world, Jenny Rosales, your host from Voces en Acción, presenting all the aspects of our community from Conroe, Mon Montgomery, Texas, and all over the world. And today, I have the honor of having a guest that has taken his time to show us uh, a little bit about the platforms of the Republican Party. I want to mention this. This is an open show. Anybody from any party is able to come and talk to us. Uh, Voces en Acción is a apolitical show. Lone Star Community Radio is an apolitical radio. So anybody can come and talk to us. We're able to talk to anybody, any percentage, whatever it is that you need to talk. I'm happy to help you. And that's what I want to put out there before people start asking why you're so political. Why am I so political right now? Because this year is politics. Every single, we started in January with primaries. We're in the middle to midterms we did. Now at the end, we're going to see me the couple next shows, probably going to be of candidates that are coming to bring their platform. Regardless, I want Democrats to come to my show. I want independents to come to my show. I want Republicans to come to my show because I'm educating the Hispanic community on their, their election. They have a free choice. All of us have a free choice. That's when you do a free choice, that means you're educating yourself. So that's what Voces en Acción is here for. Lo mismo lo repito en español. Voces en Acción y Lone Star Community Radio somos completamente neutrales. Este es un, un show abierto para conversar con 
todos los candidatos de todas las plataformas, sean republicanos, liberales o independientes. Por favor, si usted tiene idea de alguien que quiere venir al show, venga, hablemos, tomémonos una taza de café y conversemos para que conozcamos la plataforma que usted trae. Hoy tengo el placer de tener al, 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 al jefe grande de la, de la Cámara Republicana de aquí de Montgomery County, el señor Brian Chris. Mr. Brian Chris, thank you so much for being with us. You guys know that he's a big handshot of the party of Montgomery <laughs> County, and he's coming to talk to us a little bit about everything that is going around. Thank you, Brian, sir. I am honored to have you with me right here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Brian, um, the main reason of the conversation is to educate. And I, you know, that's been telling you since day one, since we started back in the Hispanic Conservative of Montgomery County. I, I said, I want to do education. I'm more into education. And part of education is not only, uh, you know, history or, or science, but politics too, civics, you know, relationship with the government, things like that. And that's what I'm bringing to the, to the floor. Can you just give us a little bit first, we're gonna talk about first, who's Brian? And how Brian has influenced on the last four, because years since 2020, you've been elected as a chairman. And you've seen the progress, you've seen the growth in the community. So I wanna talk about that. First okay. of all, let's start, let's start with who's Brian and the beautiful family Well, here. so that's a loaded question, right? So I can talk about all sorts of things. <laughs> you can get me started on hobbies and all of that. Uh, I will tell you that I, uh, so I do wear the hat of chairman of the Republican Party here in Montgomery County. Uh -huh. um, I do work full-time, so I, I punch a normal, you know, 40-hour work week exactly. uh, as an IT consultant doing technology. And so in between that, Um, it's everything, uh, everything politics. Uh, ok. So. Él, además de ser jefe de la Cámara de, de, de Republicanos, o sea, el chair de la Cámara de Republicanos de aquí de Montgomery, él tiene un trabajo, él es técnico de, de computación, o sea, IT, tech, y él trabaja constantemente ocho horas, eh, sus ocho horas diarias, 40 horas más la política que viene con él. And you have a beautiful big family as well. Thank you. Yes, I agree. I agree. Él Truly blessed. Dice que está bendecido porque tiene una familia muy grande and la esposa, Miss Chris, hey, and she's probably looking at me, and, uh, and uh, Miss Chris, Miss Christine and uh, Mr. Brian are working constantly. They have three kids, beautiful kids, mm -hmm. and that's something that God has, you know, blessed you with, Absolutely, them, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay, what, what is it that your main focus and the political part is towards the Hispanic community and the, 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 the things that are going around right now? How do you... What is it that you're able to not, I'm not going to say suggest, but guide us through and help us understand? Because you know, the Hispanic community is afraid of voting, is afraid of involving themselves, is afraid of talking about politics. Uh -huh. And you know that. Sure. Yeah, can I tell a couple of stories? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So one of the things, and this I think comes from my IT background. I'm a data-driven guy. Mm -hmm. I, I just, where, what do the numbers say, right? Like at the end of the day, that's the, one of the most important things. And so when I ran back in 2020, I spent some time, I, I probably spent 20 hours just diving into what does the political landscape look like, especially when it comes to the Republican Party. And what I found is that there were really three demographics that the Republican Party wasn't doing a very good job reaching out to. One of them was youth. And I know you've talked to uh, uh, Mr. Collins, who's doing a phenomenal job there. Um, but Uh, the Hispanic community was a huge one that w the Republican Party wasn't doing a very good job at reaching out to. And the problem I saw 
or the blessing, I saw how you want to look at it, is that the values of the Hispanic community are conservative. And that's where Republicans are strong. We have a very conservative background, often Judeo-Christian background, and it's, it's in perfect harmony with the Hispanic community. Um, here in Montgomery County, with the last census numbers that came in, I think our demographic for the Hispanic population is right around 25%. Wow. You know, so you think of a county that has roughly 750,000 people, that's a lot of folks here in Montgomery County that maybe aren't even plugged into the political process at all, but yet here we are, um, Republicans who are strong in these same conservative values, and I felt like it was really important to, to move the ball forward on that. Yeah. So. Él dice que él vio de un principio cuando entró acá al área, lo que era la parte, cuando corrió hace cuatro años. Esto es una historia que nos está dando para que veamos las estadísticas. Él como todo el tiempo trabaja con números y ya lo conozco, trabaja con muchos números todo el tiempo. Él vio la necesidad en dos diferentes aspectos de la, de la Cámara Republicana de el área de Montgomery, y era lo siguiente. Una, no se le estaba dando auge a los jóvenes. Y el señor, él dice que vio que yo entrevisté al señor Christian Collins, presente, y eh, sí, es, está haciendo el señor Christian Collins un trabajo magnífico con los jóvenes. Y la otra parte era que no estaba llegando a la comunidad hispana. Y entonces, en eso se ha enfocado en estos momentos, en, en el cambio que hay que haber en la comunidad hispana. ¿Por qué? Porque se ha dado cuenta de que la mayoría de los valores que los hispanos tenemos es de ser conservadores, de ser familiares, de ser conservadores. Y la plataforma de la, de la, del Partido Republicano es judeo-cristiana, perdón, judeo-cristiana y son valores conservadores. Entonces, al ver eso, eso es lo que le está viendo y de, y de, ese, de, esa, de ese aspecto se está agarrando. So, basically, sir, you went ahead and saw that 25%, 25% de la población de Montgomery son votantes hispanos. You saw that 25% and I saw it as 165,000. Well, so That's the census I didn't in have the numbers back then. Okay, um, okay. I did know, so I did my research and just kind of, I had to sort of infer like how, you know, I had some numbers, but they were national numbers. They were state level numbers, but I knew that we were missing that okay. group. I didn't know how sizable that group was in Montgomery County. But I remember when I was on the campaign trail, um, I went to speak to one of the Republican clubs at a restaurant. And after we were kind of wrapping up, a gentleman that was, was working there that day came up to me and said, sir, he said, I, I couldn't help but overhearing what you were saying about the Hispanic community. The gentleman himself was Hispanic that I was talking to. Mm -hmm. And he said, you're, you're right on. He's like, our community is conservative. Mm -hmm. and we're, we're, not, we're not hearing the message. And so just from that encounter with that gentleman, I knew that there was a real need for us to be, be doing that work. And so okay. um, I put it on my kind of top five list of things to do, which is to, to move the ball forward in reaching out to the Hispanic community and, and, and basically sharing with them our message. Él dice que lo que lo impactó mucho fue una conversación que tuvo con un joven un, en, una, en un club de que, estuvo, que tuvo que ir, donde se le acercó después que terminó de hablar sobre el porcentaje. Dice los porcentajes que él ha agarrado son básicos. Eh, muchos han sido porcentajes estatales o, o porcentajes eh, por ciudad, pero realmente no ha conseguido la, el, el número de porcentajes que hay actualidad. Eh, 
eh, habló al principio de 25%, estamos hablando de 164 mil eh, alrededor de hispanos en el área de Montgomery, de los cuales un, un 40% está votando. Entonces, estamos, sin, no, sin haber que lo que más que sean, estamos hablando del census del 2020, ¿ok? Esas son las estadísticas que se están tirando afuera, pero no ha llegado a la actualidad donde han venido emigrando un montón de hispanos al área de nosotros. Ahora, él dice que básicamente vio la necesidad en ese momento de que tenía que llegar y poner como parte de la prioridad, como chairman del, de la Cámara de Representantes Republicanas, el auge de cómo entrar a la comunidad hispana y cómo llegar a hacer que la comunidad hispana tenga una voz. Thank you, sir. Having a voice of the Hispanic uh -huh. community, that, that, was, that was the key, and that's what brought me where I am, basically. But at the same time, I saw you, and when I'm, as a voter, okay, I saw you, and I identified myself as a neutral. I am not Republican, I am not Democrat, but I do, I am conservative. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with the most of our community, the Hispanic community, they, they're coming, and I have to say this to you as a history, we come from socialist countries, mm -hmm. and in our socialist country, the Republican Party is the one that infiltrates the communism, and the Democrat Party is the one that has the Christian values. So when we come from those countries over here, we're thinking that we need to vote Democrat, and guess what happens? We we're, we 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 kind of like lose it. We're like, what's going on? We don't know. So that's why I'm here to educate our community, and it's you know everything. So part of this is learning the platform. Mm -hmm. How do they are able to get a hold of your platform? No, I'm talking about the platform of the Republican Party. They have to go to the website and read it, or they do you have pamphlets or things like that, or if there's anything in Spanish that they can grab grab and talk and listen. Yeah. So um, we do have material. Um, we have a nice, uh, it's a very simple kind of one-page uh, little card that just sort of compares and con contrasts the difference in values, right? Okay. Um, you know, I see this in churches, which is they want to also be, you know, non-political. Mm -hmm. um, but what we find is if, if, they're, if we're allowed to come in and speak at a church and you talk about issues, mm -hmm. right, there's this sort of natural kind of winnowing effect, and you know, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll very quickly see based on values mm -hmm. which party you align with. Oh, okay. And so we do have material on that, and we're going to be doing a lot to get that out as the voting season ramps up. Okay. Le pregunté que si ustedes como hispanos, nosotros que venimos de, de países socialistas, usualmente votamos este demócrata. Venimos acá porque en nuestros países el Partido Demócrata es el partido que tiene los, los, los valores cristianos. El otro partido, que es el apuesto, es el que no tiene los partidos, el, no tiene la esencia cristiana o judeocristiana que nosotros buscamos. Cuando venimos a los Estados Unidos nos confrontamos con que tenemos que aprender que la cosa es al revés. Entonces, si no nos educamos, buscamos... No, nos quedamos con la, con la boca abierta, o sea, no sabemos, no leemos, no, no estudiamos, no nos informamos. Le pregunto que si tienen panfletos, si tienen educación. Dice que sí, y hay un, una hoja prácticamente pequeña donde le explica qué es lo que tiene cada partido, cómo son los, los, los diferentes, la plataforma de cada partido y 
usted la puede estudiar y la puede buscar. Dice que durante ahorita que vienen las próximas elecciones van a estar pasando en todos los precintos, en todo Texas, van a estar pasando esos panfletos para que la gente lea y se eduque. Como siempre he dicho, el que se educa y lee puede llegar a entender lo que está pasando en nuestra área, en nuestras vidas y tomar mejores decisiones. I keep telling them that basically, and that's something that I keep telling everyone on my show, the more you're educated, the more that you know to read, the more that you look and understand, the more that you do the research, that's the better you're off to make a decision at the end, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. They have the choice of doing it. I told them, especially in, re in regards to that pamphlet, and they're able to look at it, and then you guys are going to pass it. Sir, I know that you guys are working hard mm -hmm. to hire and to look uh, for more people to volunteer. Not only, I guess, because I got a call from the from the Democrat Party, I got a call from the, the uh, in, Independent Party, that they're looking as well for mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. so they can be in the polls. What are the requisites and how do you guys work this out? Yeah, so the, the law governs this. Mm -hmm. um, so basically the party that um, prevails in the governor's race, so, you know, we, we had Abbott was elected uh, in the last gubernatorial race, which was a Republican candidate. So uh -huh. the party that prevails in that race gets to um, basically have the, the election judge uh, be from that party. So we get to place, and we had out of 100 and uh, we have 111 precincts, which are your smallest voting unit mm -hmm. in the county, um, all but one um, voted Republican. So if that precinct votes Republican, uh, and then the Republican governor wins, then the, the next time around, you get to have a, a Republican judge in that voting precinct. Okay. And then the alternate becomes the other party. So the alternate judge it's gonna is be the Democrat. The Democrat. And that's, that's required by law. So we only have one precinct in Montgomery County that voted Democrat. Mm -hmm. major, the majority of it came from the Democrats versus the Republicans. And so you've got the inverse in this one box. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so uh, he you said serves, 110 precincts, am I right? Yeah, we in have Congo, 110 precincts. Montgomery. In Montgomery County. In now, Montgomery. It, but that was an artifact of the census. So back when this happened, we only had, I think it was like 98. 98, okay. So because the census came in and it, it caused us to redistrict and have to grow the number of voting precincts that we had. But um, essentially, uh, when you're, you're also have the Republican um, candidate as the judge, that the Republicans also get to staff. They get first kind of choice is staffing the clerks. So these judges get to pick the clerks. Mm -hmm. And we have new voting machines that have come in, which mm -hmm. is besides the number of voting boxes or mm -hmm. locations, we also have new voting machines. And so it's really increased the amount of work and that in hands that we need to actually run the election. So I'm in the middle of trying to hire well it's not hot well oh, i don't do yeah, the hiring no, directly but, but recruiting recruiting okay. uh, we have an election administrator that does the a lot of that kind of day in day out stuff they, they do all the logistical stuff around the elections like getting the machines set up and going through the tabulation process and they do the there's a whole bucket of stuff that i could spend two hours packing <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day if we continue the precinct chairs these precincts continue to vote Republican, then we get sort of the home court advantage of putting an election uh, judge in that's Republican 
and then staffing that with the clerks and the need for that is just monumental right now. Okay. Estamos hablando sobre lo que va a pasar ahora en nuestras próximas elecciones. Las próximas elecciones comienzan el 8 de noviembre, si no miento. November the 8th is when they're starting. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, November 8th is the day, day of. of the voting. Okay. Yeah. La semana antes, octubre 30, 20 y pico comienza con 20, perdón, 25 de octubre, por ahí comienza. 25, 25, creo que el lunes, 22, 25 de octubre comienzan las votaciones tempranas. Las votaciones tempranas se extienden hasta el día 8 de noviembre. El día 8 de noviembre es el día oficial de votación. Ustedes tienen que ir. Ahora, ellos, de la, mediante la ley, la ley especifica que cuando eh, un gobernador, eh, por lo menos el, el gobernador Abo fue elegido, eh, en la primera contienda, como el gobernador representante de los republicanos, el, el electo, es, él ganó automáticamente. Los precintos, todos tienden a tener jueces. Y en, en el área de Montgomery, vamos a especificar, en el área de Montgomery hay 110 precintos. Eran 98, pero con la, la reestructura que hubo, han crecido automáticamente en cada precinto, excepto uno que votó completamente demócrata, ese precinto va a tener un juez elegido, demócrata, y el alterna, el alterno va a ser republicano. Los otros precintos van a tener todos los jueces eh, cabecera, son republicanos, y el alternador va a ser demócrata que va a estar en, la, en, la, en, la, en lo que es este, el precinto ayudando a trabajar las votaciones. Las votaciones este año en nuestra área y en el área de Texas son con maquinaria nueva. Todas las maquinarias nuevas han sido instaladas, supervisadas y van a comenzar a trabajar. Las maquinarias anteriores han sido eliminadas y quitadas. Entonces, el, 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 la señora Susan Hardy es la, es la encargada de la comisión de votación. Ella tiene un trabajo fenomenal en contratar y ayudar para que todo durante esa semana y casi dos semanas de votación temprana y el día de las votaciones electas tengan el personal adecuado para trabajar. Si usted desea trabajar, el señor Brian está tratando de ayudar a los jueces a conseguir gente que quiera trabajar eh, durante el voluntariado su tiempo, eh, las horas de los, del tiempo temprano o el día de las elecciones, que es el día 8 de noviembre. Se necesita un armamento de gente. No solamente los republicanos están buscando gente, los demócratas están buscando gente, los, in, los independientes están buscando gente para sus precintos, para sus contiendas. Por favor, si usted desea trabajar como ciudadano americano, que ustedes tienen el deber y el derecho de votar, no le digan, que no le cuenten, usted infórmese, vaya y ayude, porque necesitamos que todo salga limpio y que las elecciones sean normalmente y sean que, que, que usted pueda elegir. Recuérdese, como siempre digo, si usted no votó, no se queje. I keep telling them all the time. If you don't vote, do not complain. Mm -hmm. As a U.S. citizen, it is our right. Yes. But it's our privileges as well. It's Because voting right. is a privilege. There's it people is. that die for a right, for a right to vote, especially women. Yeah. Okay, so there's, we have to think about that, sir. What, do you, what, what are your, what, what is it that you could say to the Hispanic community? So can, can I make it a little biblical? Go ahead, go ahead. So would you be okay with that? Yeah, go ahead. Make All right. It so, do you remember what um, 
Jesus said when he stood before Pilate? Yes. What, what did what did do you remember what was the response that Jesus said to Pilate cuz Pilate said to him, "Do you not know that I have authority, you know, to put you to death?" Basically. Exactly. I mean, what, that, did you, what did Jesus say to that? Um if it didn't came from my father. Yeah, he says you have no authority other than that which has been given to you by the father, exactly. right? So so in in that statement, Jesus is making this really powerful claim that government doesn't exist outside of his will. Even when a government, if you look biblically, like does these horrible things, it's often to punish a wicked nation, right? So God will raise up mm-hmm. a nation against another nation that he's condemned, right? And then if you look at, it's, I think it's Romans 13 or Romans 14, the, the Apostle Paul basically says the same thing, which is that government exists at the will of the Father. Exactly. Okay, so I think we all can understand that. Mm-hmm. Here's the really interesting part. Unlike in biblical times where you had monarchs and you had you know these queens dictators, and queens, queens all that, we have an interesting uh, dynamic in that we all have a small piece of the government invested in us. It's we we the people, right? It's a very different dynamic. So in some small way, God has invested in us mm-hmm. government. He okay. has given that right to us, right? And then, of course, if you're familiar with the parables of mm-hmm. the stewardship, the stewardship, mm-hmm. yeah, he, we we eventually be we're held accountable, right? God's going to exactly. say, "Hey, what did you do with the time, talent, and treasures that I gave you?" That I gave you, and I think that in this thing called America, mm-hmm. we've been given the right to vote, the right to choose who our servant leaders are, and if we squander that, what does that say about our our respect for? what God has given us to participate in. So I would say, do the right thing. Show up and participate in the process because God has given you a unique opportunity mm-hmm. that many other nations before us have not had. Él ahorita me ha dado una clase de teología increíble. You gave me a theology class. Incredible. <laughs> Básicamente habla sobre el deber de nosotros y si somos cristianos, de ver el punto de vista de lo que la Biblia habla. La Biblia habla sobre Vamos a comenzar, comenzó con la parábola en la parte donde, perdón, donde eh, Jesús se para enfrente de Poncio Pilato. Poncio Pilato le dice, él le dice, Jesús, tú sabes, yo tengo, la, yo tengo la, el derecho o yo te puedo mandar a matar si tú no me hablas. ¿Y qué es lo que le contesta Jesús a él? El derecho que tú tienes te lo da mi padre, básicamente. O sea, viene de arriba. Entonces, automáticamente se va a la carta de Pablo también. En la carta de Pablo donde dice que es el derecho dado, el gobierno impuesto ha sido dado por el que está arriba, no por nosotros, ¿ok? Por más que ustedes quieran, que se quiera dividir el estado de, la, de, el estado de la política, no se puede dividir por el solo sentido de que en los gobernantes elegidos han sido elegidos por la mano poderosa de arriba. Y eso es lo que tenemos que que, que guiarnos. Ahora, el señor Brian Chris dice claramente, usted como ciudadano y como creyente cristiano o, o su, su, su fe, usted tiene el deber de responder a que está arriba. Y si usted no elige correctamente a los gobernantes porque usted no va a votar o no ejerce su derecho a voto, automáticamente, ¿qué se puede esperar? O sea, básicamente, el señor Chris dice, hay que ir y ejercer el derecho de voto como responsables ciudadanos conscientes de que tenemos una persona que está arriba, que es el que decide sobre las elecciones. Porque por más que uno quiera, él es el que decide sobre las personas que ponemos arriba. 
Thank you, sir. The other thing I was going to tell you, and I, I, I'm very, um, uh, I'm very aware of the whole um, issues that our party, our transition that our party is going through, because some people are uh, conservative at heart, some people are not that conservative. We're having a mixed, a mixture in within the party, and there's mm -hmm. pulling and pulling and pulling and pushing or whatever. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh my God, this is going on, sir. Do you do you foresee a complete union of the Republican Party at the end of the row? Because basically, right now, I'm going to be honest with you, and I know I put you in a bind. I don't want to put you in a bind. But fine. I, I am trying as a, as a regular citizen of the United States, and my community needs to know, our party is fluctuating, is going through ups and downs, and, and there's this party of a uh, bunch of Republicans on one side and a bunch of Republicans on the other one, and there's neutral Republicans, and we're not, you know, we don't, we don't, are we going to, are we, is that gonna end up at some time? Is that we're gonna are, are we gonna diversify to a new party or what do you see? What do you foresee as a I, I, as a so chairman? I'll give you my so I don't have a crystal ball. I exactly. can't see the future. I, I'll tell you what I what I observe. Mm -hmm. um, if you take um, the factions, we'll just call them that. If you'll take the factions and you simply stick to issues, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, what do you believe about our Second Amendment right? What do you believe about life? What do you believe about limited government, right? And you lay all these things. And we actually call them the principles of the Republican Party. Exactly. So we have this platform, and at the top of them is a set of principles. There's about 10 or 12. Um, and they really kind of codify what the Republican Party believes in. If I sat that in front of what I would call both factions, they would agree. It's really a matter of um, maybe part personality and part um, logistics. Like, you, you know, you see, we see this in the business world all the time. We, we mm -hmm. also look, we're looking at the same goal. We want to have a successful quarter, make a lot of money, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But then you've got competing ideas on how do we get there? What does that look like? What's the best course of action? And so you, what you, you're not fighting about the principles. You all agree on the principles. The, really, the argument is how do we get there? And so again, I don't have a crystal ball, but what I'm looking at is what you have in Harris County, um, which is they've gone through these, what I, I call them, I, I think they're growing pains, right? As mm -hmm. the county gets larger, you have this, you have a, a greater dynamic. Um, and, you know, Harris County has eight of these competing factions. Exactly. Yeah. They, they had to go through it. Um, and there was some kind of turmoil in the middle and there was I mean it did end up costing um, the county in terms of the Republican representation I mean you've got a lot of Democrats that are elected in there and I think it was an artifact of that I won't say it's the sole contributor but it was certainly an artifact of that and I think Montgomery County um, we're going through those growing pains I, I can't tell you how it's going to shake out um, I'm always looking for a way that we can bring folks and unify. together yeah, uh, but it really is. It's tough. I mean, you know, you know how people can be. They're passionate about, you know, they, you know, again, go back to the illust business illustration. You think the best way to get from A to Z is this way. And if you're really, really passionate about it, <clears throat> you're going to fight over it. Exactly. And so I, that's a that's quite a bit of what's going on. So. Okay, yo le pregunté al, uh, al señor eh, Chris lo siguiente. 
que cómo él veía el futuro de la, del, del, del Partido Republicano, porque en nuestras áreas, sobre todo en el área de Harris County, y todo lo que es el área del, del sur, eh, eh, hay una división completa. Eh, se están unos que son más conservadores, otros que son menos conservadores, unos que son liberales. O sea, hay un le, hay un completamente una completa desunión. Eh, y él me dice claramente que todos los principios establecidos de, la, de, de lo que es el Partido Republicano, eh, sobre todo si usted se pone a leer sobre la segunda enmienda de los Estados Unidos, sobre se pone a leer sobre este, el derecho a la vida, etcétera, etcétera, todo, usted se sienta con cada uno de los republicanos y todos le van a decir que ellos creen en esos principios. Ahora, cuando se trata de llegar a un esquema o a un tipo de esquema de algún punto de vista, de pasar del punto A a la B, muchos tienen diferentes ideas. Y el problema no es que no crean en el partido, sino es que tienen diferentes ideas. Y cuando uno viene con una pasión, uno dice, no, vamos de la A a la B mediante más dinero, o la otra te dice, no, no necesitamos dinero, necesitamos correr. Entonces hay fricciones. Y eso se encuentra en todos los partidos. En el área de, la, del área de Harris County, en las últimas elecciones, se vio que hubo una fluente más demócrata porque hubo un montón de problemas en el Partido Republicano. En el área de Montgomery, no. Nosotros tenemos un, una unión un poquito más fuerte y hemos dado cuenta que ha excedido el votante republicano en esta área. Entonces, hay, va, él, no, él no puede poner una, una, una bola mágica y decir, yo veo esto, pero lo que está viendo es que sí, se está trabajando para una unificación del Partido Republicano, para que estemos todos en la misma página y se pueda trabajar y empeñarse y crear un mejor futuro. Sir, making America great. What, it, what, is, what is that for you? It's returning to the founding principles. Um, I tend to be within the spectrum of Republican, and I'm just speaking for myself here, within the spectrum of Republicanism, um, there is, over on one side, there's almost a kind of a libertarian element. Um, and... I'll characterize it this way, as long as I'm not violating your life, mm -hmm. your liberty, or your property, leave me alone, right? I want to I run my life as I see fit. And I really think that's what the framing, the framers of the Constitution, our founding fathers, had in mind. And we've gotten so far down, I mean, look at all of the just vast amounts of regulations and laws and things that... You, it seems like government just grows. It mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't rain back. It doesn't usually put things back into the arena of freedom. Mm -hmm. It usually puts more restrictions on on it, the individual. Okay. And I the ideal outcome, in my opinion, is to go back to, the to what the you know. I joke, I, but I but I, I kind of mean this. Um, well, when I get into these arguments about like you know freedom, because freedom can be dangerous, right? Exactly. But that's exactly what our founding fathers preferred. Our founding fathers preferred freedom over safety, right? So I get into these kinds of conversations about things like the TSA, right? Mm -hmm. I could spend a whole hour talking about the TSA. <laughs> But at the end of the day, it's, in my opinion, things that the TSA does is an encroachment on our right to privacy, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole patting you down and putting <laughs> you through the... All of that, right? Mm -hmm. And the argument is, well, but, you know, we had what happened on 9-11, and I go, I get it. But if you look at the way the, our court system was structured by the 
it actually allows, it's hard to convict someone, right? You have to get a jury of your peers to convict you, right? So Mm -hmm. it means that inherently some people that are guilty are going to get away with it, right? But our framers valued freedom over safety. And I do too. So I ask the question to people that when we get into these, and and again, I halfway joke, I say, what would a pioneer do, right? Like, did they, you know, have all of these laws? Did they, you know, did they, no, no. The framers believe that we had inherently endowed by our creator, our certain, right, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, right? That comes from the creator. It doesn't come from government. Government, all government has done is tried to put its big thumb on top of it. Okay. And so ideally, I would love for our government to go back to smaller, less intrusive. Okay. Le pregunto la, la, una pregunta clásica que quería hacerla yo a un, una persona que tuviera un poquito más de conocimiento. ¿Qué es lo que, hacer, qué es lo que hace, hace América Grande? ¿Qué, ¿Qué volvería a hacer América Grande? Y me contesta, volver a los principios establecidos en la Constitución de 1776, que es la original de los Estados Unidos. Él, él especifica que eh, cuando nuestros fundadores escribieron esa específica Constitución, hablaban sobre el derecho a la libertad más que a la seguridad. Protegían más la libertad que la seguridad, por eso el sentido de que la libertad de poder expresarse, la libertad de poder hacer lo que uno quisiera sin tener, mientras que yo no infrinja en tu vida, no te haga daño a ti, no te moleste, déjame hacer lo que yo necesito hacer. Es, ese era el modo de la manera de los, de los pioneros del tiempo de antes. Es, eso fue impuesto en la Constitución. Es, ahorita lo que está pasando es que el gobierno está poniéndonos el dedo, dice, el dedo se está poniendo el gobierno en todas estas diferentes leyes, un montón de leyes que no vienen a cabida, que no se necesitan, porque realmente este, no las estamos utilizando muchas veces o se, se, se malinterpretan y se utilizan mal. También habla sobre el Departamento de Transportación, el TSA, por lo, por lo pone como ejemplo, eh, después de 9-11, comenzaron las restricciones y cada vez que usted va a un aeropuerto lo tocan por todos lados y le averiguan todo y, y de todos modos el que hace mal va a seguir libre y la única manera de poder agarrar a esa persona es mediante que uno de nosotros o el grupo de 12 en una corte lo hallemos culpable porque realmente esa es la parte de la constitución, eso es lo que se escribió, nosotros tenemos que ir y no, una persona es libre y no se encarcera hasta ser completamente con, encontrado culpable. Entonces, él dice que eso es lo que tenemos que mirar, las leyes que realmente habían. Acuérdense que en, la, en el principio de la Constitución, en lo que le habla en preámbulo de la Constitución, habla sobre nosotros como personas. Nosotros como personas, eh, nuestro derecho a vivir felices, nuestro derecho a elegir nuestra religión, nuestro derecho a tener, a, a poder eh, este, ejercer nuestro, nuestra vida. Eso está en el preámbulo, preámbulo de la Constitución en la entrada. We the people. Y eso es lo que tenemos que entender. ¿Por qué lo escribió nuestros padres de esa manera? Y por eso que dice que ir, ir, ir volver a estudiar eso, implementar eso, haría América un poco mejor. Mr. Chris, I know that you're busy. And thank you for coming. I want you to give us the last wise information that we need to know as Hispanics and how can we start trusting again this government. And I ask this because a lot of people keep saying, oh, they call me, Jenny, our government is broken. 
completely broken. How can we trust them? What are we doing? You know, you know I have a lot of, of my guests and people that are like thinking we're living in a society where the government is broken and we cannot trust anybody. We cannot trust the, our kids at school. We cannot trust anybody in the government because we don't know if, if they're being sold on or not. You know, what can we, how can we start gaining that trust again into, into back, into back where we're supposed to and use the three branches correctly, okay? So they're not wrong. Um, there is corruption in government. There mm -hmm. are um, folks that are in office that are absolutely um, antithetical to the principles we just talked about, the, what the Founding Fathers envisioned. The number one thing that you can do is get involved at some level. Um, you said it earlier, like if you don't participate, then why do you think you have a right to complain? Um, the way, so there's a there's a saying, you've probably heard it, all that it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot, this is the thing that's very um, deceptive about politics, is you think, oh, well, I go out to the, to vote, and I get my guy in, and he wins, and then I'm, I'm just, I've got to get to the rest of my laurels. The problem is, it doesn't work that way. Mm -mm. We have to consistently apply pressure, and we do that through the political process, which means we can't just get one person elected and go, okay, we're done for the day. Mm -hmm. No. You need to be making sure that every position, at every level of your government, those elected officials are people that represent your values. We have something going on in Montgomery County right now, which is we largely vote Republican, but mm -hmm. we have these things called nonpartisan races. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a nonpartisan race. It's make-believe. Everybody comes to the table with a set of values. Exactly. And, um, you know, a Democrat thinks differently about dollars than a Republican does. They mm -hmm. just do. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know I'm painting a broad brush. I know there are some, you know, physically conservative Democrats out there. But by and large, they think different, mm -hmm. Okay. And so if I'm looking at a taxing entity like a MUD district or mm -hmm. an ESD or a school, uh, school board, you know, right? Mm -hmm. All those have powers over the purse, right? Taxing, mm -hmm. they're a taxing entity. Schools also have, uh, they're you know, like, you know, who cares, you know, how someone thinks about something, you know, like, like in a MUD race, like, it doesn't matter if they're pro-life or not. Probably not because... Uh, there was a, a constable who used to say, <laughs> they used to get asked, well, how do I feel abortion? He says, I've never performed one of, uh, even one in my <laughs> office, right? And his point was, it didn't really matter for that office. But when you start looking at school board, mm -hmm. it does matter, exactly. right? Because that curriculum, the, the most vulnerable in our community, what gets presented to them? How are they treated, you know, with, there's a, this whole woke culture thing going on right now. And... You've got to have people that are willing to be in those positions, stand in the gap, and say, no, no, our children deserve better. Mm -hmm. And so run for a school board race. You, know, you don't have to be, I don't have grand aspirations to be some political, like, I did this out of a felt, felt like necessity, right? Mm -hmm. Not, so don't, if, even if you don't have grand aspirations to become some senator or whatever one day, still get plugged in. 
Be the voice of reason on your school board. Be, be the voice of reason at your mud district. Okay. Wherever you can, we need people that think conservatively, that understand the principles of our founding fathers, and are willing to stand in the gap when there's a whole nother side uh, in America that doesn't think that way, and we have to push back. Um, and at least in Montgomery County, you know, I know election integrity was a big thing. I mean, I think everybody thinks like, oh my goodness, like what was that crazy thing that happened a couple of years ago? One of the things that we're doing in Montgomery County that I'm really excited about, and it's it's the reason I need so many of these clerks. We also need Spanish translators. So if anyone in your audience is willing to help out in that regard, you know, um, we'd love to have them. Um, but we've got new machines coming, and these machines are going to be better because when you walk into the booth, you're going to get a piece of paper stamped by a judge or signed by the judge. It's an official piece of paper, right? And then you'll go to the machine and you'll put in you'll put in that piece of paper, you'll put in all your answers electronically, but it's gonna spit it back out. And you're gonna to get to compare on that piece of paper, did what the machine record match what you expected? Then you'll put that in that piece of paper into a, a secure like a secure reader that will vault that piece of paper. So now you have this accountability trail. If for some reason there's a suspicion that some machine was tampered with or malfunctioned. You now have a paper deal that is a, a check and balance, right? So here in Montgomery County, I'm excited because if there was some tampering going on, I don't think it was widespread, but who knows? I, I'm sure that some stuff slipped through mm -hmm. just statistically. It's going to be harder, okay. right? And so I'm, I'm excited about that. So for people that were kind of like disenfranchised in the last one and said, well, does my vote really matter? In Montgomery County, we're, we're, we're working really hard to make sure it does. So, I'll leave you with that. <laughs> Está dándonos de un poquito de todo y nos habla sobre la, lo que va a ser el procedimiento aquí en Montgomery County. Es como, como les dije anteriormente, Montgomery County tiene nuevas maquinarias. La maquinaria va a hacer lo que se llama un check and balance. Básicamente, usted va a entrar, le van a dar, el juez le va a dar un papel, el papel usted va a meterlo en la máquina, usted va a seleccionar, se imprime el papel, lo vuelve a tirar, usted puede comparar lo que usted tiene en su mano con lo que usted votó y usted va a caminar y va a depositar su voto. Completamente diferente a como estábamos anteriormente con las máquinas que veían que, era, que se circulaba o que se elegía, ya no va a haber. Todo va a ser calculado y va a ser este, protegido para que no haya ninguna problema acerca de que si hay un tipo de fraude en la votación. Eh, que eso es lo que mucha gente no se atreve a ir a votar porque piensan que va a haber frase, fraude, porque mi voto me lo pueden robar o porque mi voto no va a contar porque siempre va a ganar la persona que, que, que tiene más votos o que, o que pudo más, ¿verdad? Como estamos acostumbrados en nuestros países a ver eso. Ahora, él dice que lo que más le urge en estos momentos de la comunidad hispana es que nos envolvamos como personas en nuestros distritos escolares, en nuestros sistemas de, de, de agua, de mod, vayamos a las juntas directivas, que seamos conservadores en las preguntas, estemos pendientes de nuestros hijos. ¿Por qué? Porque definitivamente hay una corrupción en el gobierno, y la hay, lo dijo claramente. Pero dice claramente también que la manera de prevenir que esto sea más grande es cuando hay personas conservadoras como usted que me está escuchando o yo, o cualquiera que usted considere que sea conservador en su área, que pueda llegar y que quiera voluntariarse y que quiera dar su tiempo para poder entonces automáticamente dar, decir que no, no, 
pararse y decir, ¿sabes qué? Esto no es normal, esto está mal. Y automáticamente hacer trabajar a nuestro gobierno. Nosotros elegimos a esas personas, esas personas van a estar trabajando para nosotros. El gobierno trabaja para nosotros, no nosotros para el gobierno. ¿Cómo podemos hacer que esto trabaje? Es cuando nosotros nos envolvemos y vemos y estamos pendientes de cada una de las personas que nosotros elegimos cuando votamos. Si usted la eligió y ya se fue y nada, no hizo nada, entonces usted no sabe la trayectoria de la persona. Pero si usted la eligió y usted está pendiente de lo que está haciendo, los cambios en la oficina que llegó, automáticamente usted puede decir si sí, está haciendo el trabajo o no está haciendo el trabajo. Le damos las gracias al señor Brian Chris por estar con nosotros. De corazón. Mr. Chris, it's a pleasure having you. Oh, it's an you. honor um, knowing that there's people like you that are fighting for the rights of all the community because basically it's all the community and that, you know, we have um, the certainty that things are going to run smoothly this election coming up next. Um, necesitan traductores, por favor comuníquese. En mi, web, en mi web page lo voy a poner claramente, está el nombre de él, sus contactos, se pueden meter en el web page Montgomery County Republican Party.org, automáticamente le sale y ahí automáticamente pueden contactarse, registrarse, la, para registrarse nuevos ciudadanos americanos que se acaban de, 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 de juramentar, se están juramentando todos los sábados a ciudadanos americanos. Por favor, regístrense para votar. I'm telling them basically every weekend I have swear-ins, like there's a bunch of swear-ins of United States citizens, new United States citizens. Mm -hmm. It's been going on since, uh, I think, the middle of, of July. Mm -hmm. Every Saturday, they're, they're swearing in new citizens. Please to register to vote. Mm -hmm. And that's the main thing we need. And please, if you're willing to give your time to uh, this country, like our founding fathers did, like our, our predecessors did, like your family did, like my family did. The ones, all, remember, all these people that are in the Army, in the Navy, in the, in the Navy SEALs, everybody that had given their lives, they did it because of this great America. Go ahead and keep America great completely, no matter who you are, what religion, what background, what you know, denomination, it doesn't matter. What it matters is that we all have to be united in one to work for the greatness of the United States. Thank you very much for being with us again. Thank you for giving us your time. It's a pleasure, like I said, having Mr. Chris with us. And uh, uh, we'll see you in the next edition. Gracias por estar con nosotros. Nos vemos en nuestra próxima edición. Que pasen muy buenas tardes. Esto fue Voces en Acción, el programa comunitario que informa a nuestra comunidad latina. Voces en Acción, la verdad en acción. Voices in Action, the truth in action. Hasta nuestra próxima edición.